Welcome to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Sievercrop, and I am just like you. I'm busy with work, family, kids, church, and a million other responsibilities. And honestly, some days I miss my personal scripture study and prayers. And some days we as a family miss our scripture study and prayer. But I'm trying. So if you're not perfect in living the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, but you're trying, well, get along great, and this is the place for you. Five days a week, I'll share a brief episode, often based on the Come Follow Me curriculum for that week, that I'm using to have daily conversations with my kids, whether we're on our way to school or on our way home or if it's real quick before dinner. And you're welcome to use them to do the same with your family or your personal study. Just know that the views and opinions I share are mine alone and do not represent the official doctrine and viewpoint of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now let's jump right in with today's episode. To the Everyday Conversion Podcast, this is episode eight of season two, and you can get everything we talk about today at everydayconversion.com forward slash B-O-M-8. And today I'm going to deviate a little bit. Um... For a couple of reasons. One, I got a really cool uh, voice memo text from a friend of mine this morning that I wanted to share some of his thoughts with you. Um, I'm not going to actually like rec- share the recording. I'm just going to tell you what he said. Um, but also uh, because we only have a couple chapters left and I wanted something to talk about tomorrow. Um, so this voice memo came in. I learned some really cool stuff from it which led to some other really cool thoughts. And so I wanted to share those with you today. And I was also thinking, you know, one of my favorite things is hearing from you and what you're learning. Because, you know, and I thought that this morning as I was listening to uh, my friend John's voice memo. And I'm like, man, I really love hearing um, other people's insights because I think that's really the value. And, you know, I think that's why you enjoy listening to this podcast because you're hearing my insights and it's helping you to learn more. So um, I would love to hear your insights. So if there's ever something you're studying and you realize something neat or you notice a connection that that uh, really impacted you, I would love to hear that. I would love to hear that from you. And I'd love to possibly share it on the podcast. Um, and so the way that you can do that is in the link to the show notes, anywhere that you're listening to this. So if you're listening to it on iTunes or uh, Stitcher or uh, Google play or any of those places, there should be a link in the show notes, uh, to leave me a message. So it's just a, a URL that you can click on. Um, also you can just go to everydayconversion.com forward slash leave a message and that you can record a message that goes straight to me. Um, and just share your insights, share what you learned, share what you learned from something specifically, or, um, you know, something you've noticed as you've been studying. And I would love to share that with other people. I think that'd be really neat to, to share and kind of crowdsource, uh, some of our, some of our insights as we're studying through. Um, and when you send that message, make sure to let me know if it's okay to, um, share the recording of that on the podcast or not. Um, if not, uh, if you'd rather me just share what you said. I can do that too. And if you'd rather just, um, you know, share it with me personally, that's, that's cool too. Just let me know. Um, also if you, uh, if you, um, like the podcast and you want to say something nice about it, uh, you're welcome to do that there as well. All right. So my friend John's voice memo 
It was really cool. And it was about revelation. And I'm going to get into that in a second. But what I wanted to say first is I was thinking about it as I was, I was listening to his memo and the things that he shared about receiving revelation and um, how revelation is given. And it made me think about the fact that, you know, we know the Book of Mormon was prepared and written for our day. It was, you know, President Benson tells us that. And, uh, you know, Mormon tells us that. And Moroni tells us that. And over and over again, we're told that. And I thought it was interesting. I started thinking about it. I'm like, it's interesting how much emphasis is placed on receiving revelation and listening to the Spirit in these early chapters of the Book of Mormon. You know, the entire thing is basically Lehi being led by the Spirit um, and Nephi being led by the Spirit and them learning how to hear the Spirit and listen to it and follow it. And, you know, Laman and Lemuel struggling to follow the Spirit. And Nephi talking to them about how they don't learn things. You know, we'll get into this next week. They don't learn things because they haven't sought the Spirit. They haven't asked Heavenly Father. And there's just a massive emphasis on following the Spirit and receiving revelation and how to do that. And it made me think of the President Nelson quote from the April 2018 General Conference that I think made some waves when people when people heard it. I know it did for me, certainly. When I heard it, I said, oh my goodness, that is a massive statement. And what he said was, and this is actually my screen share on my computer because it really impacted me. President Nelson said, in coming days, it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. And when I heard that, I thought, oh my goodness, I, I need to I need to be better. You know, I need to make sure that I have the spirit with me all the time. Um, and I feel like I do a pretty good job, but I certainly felt like I had a room to improve. The interesting thing about that is, and I don't know if you you uh, knew this or recognized this or, or remembered this, a lot of emphasis was placed on that because President Nelson had made some waves. He was the new prophet. He was making some changes. And we were all excited because it's the prophet. And let's be honest, we listen to the prophet differently than we listen to uh, the apostles and the first presidency and everybody else. We shouldn't. We should you know, listen to everything they all say because they're all inspired. They're all the general authorities. They're all called and uh, set apart to teach the church. But for whatever reason, we place more emphasis on what the prophet says. And we probably should. I mean, he's the leader of the church. But I was listening to the Saints channel. Uh, several months ago, and I had to go find it again today. But they play old conference talks, and they were playing one from President Nel- or Iring. And I was getting ready for the day and brushing my teeth and doing whatever. And I heard him say something, and it hit me. And I said, Oh my goodness. And I was like, I have to go back. So I had to go back and find the talk and listen to it again. Listen to this from President Iring in April 2015. So this is three years earlier than what President Nelson said. He said, um, he was talking to priesthood holders. He said, as a priesthood holder, you are to be part of the warning voice of the Lord, but you need to heed the warning yourself. And then he says this, you will not survive spiritually without the protection of the companionship of the Holy Ghost in your daily life. He said the exact same thing. The exact same thing three years earlier. And I'm like, oh my gosh, 
apparently this is serious. And apparently it's been a warning for much longer than I thought. And then I started thinking about the Book of Mormon. And I'm like, well, that's what they're telling us is that in order to survive, we need to follow the Spirit. We need to follow the commandments. We need to do what Heavenly Father wants us to do. And how do we know what Heavenly Father wants us to do? Through the Spirit. So I thought that was interesting. Um, so let me jump back to my friend John's comments. And then there's one other thing I want to share with you. Uh, the few things that he got, and John, if you listen to this, and I know you do listen to the podcast, if I misrepresent anything you said, I apologize. If it is uh, more insightful than what you said, feel free to take credit for it. If it's less insightful, feel free to let me know that I screwed screwed up what you said. But the two main thoughts I got from what John shared with me uh, was the first is revelation comes line upon line, not all at once. Um, and the second is that revelation comes through proper patriarchal and priesthood, ch- priesthood channels. Um, the first part, line upon line, it made me think, you know, it's like we're given one, we're given what we need for the moment and then we're tested. And the test is to see whether we're going to heed that counsel, that advice, that guidance. And then once we heed it, we're given a little bit more. And then we're tested again. And then we're given a little bit more and we're tested again. And we're given a little bit more and we're tested again. And as long as we act upon the promptings and the inspiration and the revelation that we receive, we get the next step. We don't get it all at once. It's a learning process. It's a preparation process. You know, we talked the other day about... um, Shoot, now I wish I knew when it was. Oh, yeah, in episode three, uh, which we'll link to in the show notes. We talked about the fact that, you know, I realized that sometimes we might not get answers because we aren't prepared for them yet, that we need to learn something, that we need to develop something in in our character or in our thought process and our mentality. But for whatever reason, we're given a little bit at a time and we're prepared for the next step, even though we don't always receive it. And the example that John shared with me, which I thought was really cool, and I hadn't noticed this when I studied earlier, or at least I hadn't put this connection together. In 1 Nephi 2, when the Spirit's speaking to Nephi, or the Lord speaks to to him, he's told twice that if he keeps the commandments, he'll prosper. In verse 20, it says, Inasmuch as ye shall keep my commandments, ye shall prosper and shall be led to a land of promise. And then verse 22, it says, Inasmuch as thou shalt keep my commandments, thou shalt be made a ruler and a teacher over thy brethren. So he's told over and over again, look, here's what you need to do. You need to keep the commandments. 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 He's prepared for what happens right after that. In, verse, in chapter 3, it says, I came, It came to pass that I, Nephi, returned from speaking with the Lord to the tent of my father. So he just gets done speaking with the Lord. It says, His father spoke on, or uh, spake unto me, saying, Behold, I have dreamed a dream, in the which the Lord has commanded me, that thou oh, excuse me, and thy brethren shall return to Jerusalem. And John's point was, the Lord easily could have told Nephi, Hey, you're going to go back to Jerusalem. And then he may have received a prompting and he may have said that and just been told to, to hang tight. But we don't know that. As far as we know, Nephi was told nothing about returning to Jerusalem. What he was told was to keep the commandments. 
to follow the Lord, to do the things he was supposed to do. He was prepared to receive the next direction, the next guidance from the prophet, his father. Um, And so he gets back and he's given that guidance, line upon line, a step at a time. You know, we read again, uh, John didn't share this part, but this is what I thought of uh, in chapter four. We read again, and we talked about this in um, in in episode seven yesterday. We talked about the fact that Nephi was led by the Spirit, not knowing beforehand the things which I should do. So he wasn't given the whole plan. He wasn't shown everything. It wasn't like the Spirit said, okay, you're going to uh, walk towards Jerusalem on this road. You're going to enter through this gate. You're going to walk down three blocks, take a left. Then you're going to go down to the second hut, take a right. And when you get halfway down that block, Laman will be, or Laban will be laying in the street on the left-hand side with his arm out in front of him. He will be passed out. Uh, his left leg will be up on the curb. His right leg will not be up on the curb. His sword will be on his left hip. And uh, all you have to do is unclip, un- unstrap this, and you can take his sword out. And when you take his sword out, what you're going to do is you're going to grab his hair, pull up his head, and you're going to cut it off. He wasn't given that. <laughs> he was not given step-by-step instructions. He was led by the Spirit, not knowing beforehand what he should do. So I can't remember. I know I've heard it, uh, of, of the analogy of of having to walk into a room in the dark and taking a few steps before the light comes on taking a few steps to get to the light switch and turning the light switch on, uh, taking a leap of faith. You know, one of my favorite um, analogies for taking a leap of faith is, uh, I can't remember exactly which one it is, but the Indiana Jones uh, movie where he has to step out onto the, uh, onto this bridge, this, this rock or this um, stone bridge. And it blends in with the surroundings, and he doesn't know that there's a bridge there. I think it's actually called the Step of Faith or the Leap of Faith or something like that. If I can find a clip on YouTube, I'll, I'll try to show you that. But that's what I always think of. It's like we have to take the step having faith that something's there before we can actually see it. And that's the way revelation works. And I think that's important that we understand that and realize that because that's vital in our lives. And it seems like we're being taught that over and over again in these first chapters of the Book of Mormon. The second part is that revelation comes through proper channels. Again, John made this point. I'm giving him full credit for this. And, and you know, I noticed it, but this, but not connected it this way. Um, he pointed out that Nephi very well, you know, Heavenly Father easily could have told Nephi, hey, you're going back to Jerusalem. But he didn't. Why? One, because of what we just talked about. He was prepared to take the next step. And when he took the next step, then he was given the step after that. But two, and most as importantly, the revelation was given to his father and the prophet. He was, it was given to his father because his father was in charge of his family. And so his father received the revelation. Nephi didn't receive revelation for him and his brothers. Why? Because he wasn't a ruler over them yet. He wasn't their priesthood leader, and he wasn't their father. So the only person that could receive revelation for Nephi, Sam, Laman, and Lemuel was Lehi. And that's who received the revelation. And I think that's important because we need to realize that as parents, we are entitled to receive revelation for our families, for our children. And I say parents because mothers, just as much as the father, you can receive revelation for your family and your parents or your children. 
you know, we can receive revelation for ourselves. We can see, receive um, revelation for the callings that we have in the church, but we can't receive revelation for those that we are not responsible for. So I can't receive revelation for your children because they're your children, not my children. Um, and I think we need to be careful of that because I think sometimes we we start extrapolating, well, you know, we shouldn't be uh, shouldn't drink soda or we shouldn't do this on the on the Sabbath or we should do this on the Sabbath or whatever. And it's like a lot of times those are personal revelation that's given to you for your family, not for me and my family. The revelation that's given for me and my family comes to me. It comes to my bishop and my stake president, and it comes to the prophet. That's who receives revelation for me and my family. Um, you don't because you're not any of those people. <laughs> and I don't for you because I'm not any of those people. And that's the way revelation works. And that's the way it can stay organized and not become chaotic. So here's, so I really like that. I thought that was interesting. But then I wanted to leave, it, leave you with a question. And this is something I thought of as I was I was thinking through the fact that the Book of Mormon was created for us. It was written for us. It was you know compiled for us. It was preserved for us for our day, for our challenges, for the things we're doing. And then I started thinking, do you think maybe First Nephi is the most important part of the Book of Mormon? Now, granted, when Christ comes, that's a, a crowning event, and that's important. Um, and so that's not what I'm talking about. But outside of that. I was thinking about the fact that, you know, it's kind of a joke that, you know, everybody, everybody is, you know, we've all read first Nephi, you know, several times, but how many times have we read after that? And I can tell you with our family, that's true too. You know, we, we've read through first Nephi 17, uh, second Nephi one and two, that's about as far as we've ever gotten. We've tried two or three times with our kids and that's as far as we've ever read. And so if the, if this book was created for our day, do you think perhaps the most important parts were put right up front? Do you think, not that the rest of it's not important, certainly they are, and there's going to be a lot that we're going to learn from all of it, and we should study all of it, but my thought is, Heavenly Father had to know that just the nature of people, more people will read First Nephi than any other part of the Book of Mormon, whether it's investigators that are invited to read a little bit, whether it's uh, families that are trying to read through it with their family and they just don't ever get through it, or it's individuals that try to read it and don't ever get through it. Do you think perhaps the most important parts or maybe the most pressing needs are presented in First Nephi? Do you think perhaps that's why there's such a focus on the family and on following the spirit and on receiving revelation? I don't know. I could be complete, just, just you know, my my own thoughts. But it, it makes you think. It makes me wonder. And, and then that led me to think of all of the records that Mormon had access to, of all the records. You know, I know I've heard I've heard that there was piles and piles and piles of records. There had to have been. I mean, it's a thousand years of history. Think about all the records that are kept now. I mean. There's a lot of records for a people. And certainly there's a lot of records of what prophets said and what you know priesthood leaders said and what missionaries said and what kings did. 
of all of those records as Mormon sitting there. I envision him in this room with all of these records, looking at all of them, reading through them, making notes and saying, okay, that's important. Okay, this is important. Praying about it. What should I add? What should I not add? Is it interesting that First Nephi through, what is it? Or Mosiah? First Nephi up to Mosiah. Yeah, First Nephi, well, First Nephi up to Words of Mormon is all first person. Mormon didn't abridge it at all. You know, it's what is so valuable about it that we get Nephi's actual words, that we get Jacob's actual words. Not a not a summary, not an abridgment, they're actual words. And we know the 116-page manuscript, um, it seems like I remember that I heard that that was the record, uh, Lehi's record of his dealings. What was so important about those records that they were put in there word for word when everything else was abridged? What is it that we need to know? What is it that we need to hear specifically from them in their own words that they were inspired to be put in there word for word instead of abridgment? I don't know the answer. And my whole thought about this being the most important part of the Book of Mormon, that's complete speculation. But that's my question to you. As you're reading through First Nephi, ask yourself that. Why is this so important? Why was it so important that we get it word for word? What am I supposed to hear from Nephi that I couldn't hear in an abridgment, in a summary, um, in a, uh, a recap, if you will? There's something about First Nephi that's important. And I think there's a reason it's in the beginning. And I don't think it's just because of the chronological order. because Let's remember, the brother of Jared and the Jaredites were long before Nephi. So if it was in chronological order, we could put them first, and we don't. Why is First Nephi first? Why is it the one that more people than any other book in the Book of Mormon read? What is it? I don't know the answer, but I feel like there's something about it, and I feel like there's something important that we need to know and we need to learn from it. And I'm excited to continue doing so. So you can get the links to everything we talked about today at everydayconversion.com forward slash B-O-M-8. And that includes uh, the links to the, the general conference talks that I mentioned from President Iring and President Nelson. And again, if you want to share with me your insights, something that you learned, uh, something that you thought was interesting, you can do so by clicking the link in the show notes to leave the message or by going to everydayconversion.com forward slash leave a message. All one word, everydayconversion.com forward slash leave a message. And we will see you in the next episode. All right, that's it for today. Now, I know, I know you want to hang out with me longer, but we both have a ton of things to do today, including living the gospel and trying to be like Jesus. Cue primary children singing. I'm trying to be like Jesus. 
But hey, if you want to get the links to everything we talked about today, you can find it on the episodes page of everydayconversion.com. You can also do cool stuff like subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening platform, sign up for email notifications of new episodes, and connect with us on social media there. It's kind of like a virtual church library without the militant librarians or a piece of paper to sign out your three tiny pieces of chalk for your lesson. Also, just remember, I do my best to make sure my opinions are in line with official church doctrine, but they are just that. They're my opinions. For official doctrine and viewpoints, I recommend you go to churchofjesuschrist.org or comeuntochrist.org.